0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Isaac Carroll and this is What Do I Know? Before I get started on today's topic, I'd like to ask you a question. Is there a difference between having knowledge and having understanding? I actually heard this question asked recently and it made me stop and think. At first I was like, you know, this is kind of an easy question. Of course there's a difference. But... Then I asked myself, well, doesn't knowledge supposed to give you understanding? I thought about a time I read a textbook about building a house. And I learned all these things about proper distance between studs and how to properly anchor, the importance of load bearing and structural integrity. And I read all that information and I understood what it said. But did that mean I had knowledge of building a house? The answer is no. Until I actually put the knowledge to practice that it was just information that was put in my head. In a sense, it's kind of completely useless if I never plan to build a house or have anything to do with building houses. What about Scripture and God? Now, this is a subject I think And spend most of my time dwelling on. Does does knowing scripture bring me knowledge of God? Or just knowledge about God? I find the same is true here as it is with building a house. And you can read all the scriptures you want. But until you actually put those scriptures into practice. And they're only concepts. Words on a piece of paper. Might as well be a history book or even a fictitious novel to some, for all the good it does us. I guess that's why some of the best Christians I know don't have a great deal of biblical knowledge. But what they do know, they put it in daily practice. And I know that's why it says in James 1 and 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Otherwise you're deceiving yourself. I, I've, I seek knowledge of God every day. He is my favorite subject. It's what I'd spend my time researching, studying, talking about. And I know all that seeking God and staying in his word has made me grow in my knowledge. And with that knowledge, because I believe it, there comes a need to conform. Conform to the words that it says. But, you know, that means change and change is hard. And I also resist some of it because then I question, do I really understand what I'm reading? Not everything. I mean, some things are really easy, but where I find I have the most trouble is what I've been taught versus what I read. I question, how can my understanding of the word be so different than what I've been taught by so many? Does that mean I'm wrong in my understanding? It makes me question myself. Because how can I be right and so many others be wrong? Now, I'm not talking about Jesus as the Messiah. I'm not talking about him coming down from God, that he died on a cross and he rose again. That's that's the fundamental truth of Christianity. If you question those things and you're not really a believer and you really can't call yourself a Christian. But no, what I'm talking about is converts, Versus disciples. Are we making converts or are we making disciples? I don't understand this insistence that when someone's made a profession of faith at some point in their life, that somehow makes them saved, no matter the life they choose to live. I don't know where it states that in the Bible because I've been searching for it endlessly. I've heard many arguments to the contrary. A lot of people say different things, but no scripture they throw at me is able to negate Matthew 28, 19, and 20, where it says, go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all the things that I have taught you. It doesn't say go make converts. Don't make people give a profession of faith and then they're saved. And it says Make disciples. Teaching them to obey all that I have told you. So, what do I do? I guess the answer is simple, but it's not always easy. I continue to pray and trust God and His Word. Because Jesus said, If you continue in my Word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Seems I've gotten far from my intent. I actually only wanted to get your mind open to questioning what we're reading as I read through some of these next verses. All right, so let me get into the scriptures of the topic of our discussion today. Proverbs 2, verses 1. My son, if you accept my words and hide my commandments within you, if you incline your ear to wisdom and direct your heart to understanding, if you truly call out to insight And lift your voice to understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Now, it's the fear of the Lord that's the topic of today. The fear of the Lord has always been at a point of interest among many of my Bible study classes. And most people have the understanding that it's a deep reverence for God. I mean, if you look it up, that's what it says. I know, because I looked it up. And I get it. I understand what reverence means. But I asked you earlier in the beginning of this podcast, does having knowledge give you understanding? Now, I wanted to understand on a personal level to really grasp what the fear of the Lord was. When I first learned of it, I related it to in my mind to something i knew from experience my dad i loved my dad very much but i was really afraid of him because his discipline came quickly and harshly when he felt it was warranted i knew that he loved me i knew that he would lay down his life for me in an instant and i actually felt safe everywhere from everything when i was with him but i feared him i feared making him angry And I saw God much the same way. It actually says in Hebrews 12, verse 5, it says, And you have forgotten the exhortations which speaks to you as sons. And it goes on to say, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. It actually says there in verse six that he scourges every son who he receives. And we know that scourging means to inflict severe corporal punishment. So yes, I saw the fear of the Lord the same way I saw my dad. One who would protect you, one who would love you. But it was also one who would, you better be on your best behavior, because if you weren't, you're going to get a beating. And as fierce as my dad was, he didn't scare me nearly as much as God did. And I'm not trying to say I was entirely wrong in my understanding. Or that it was a bad way to perceive it, because I think... I believe it taught me a proper respect for God. at least in my opinion. Now, I've heard a lot of people say they have never feared the Lord. Why should they? God loves them, and God is love. And love isn't built on fear. I can't say that the love I had for my dad was built on fear, but I had it. But, you know, I can't argue with their logic. So this made me want to understand the fear of the Lord more. To understand it better. Let's look at this prophecy about Jesus in the book of Isaiah. So Isaiah 11, starting at verse one, it says, there shall come forth a rod from the sten of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but through righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with his breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. You see where it says that his delight is in the fear of the Lord? And that he shall not judge by sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Where do we find that scripture in the New Testament? Let's see what Jesus said in John 5.30. It says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And you don't have to look very far in scriptures to find that Jesus, he had come to do the will of the Father. Pleasing the Father was his greatest concern. And they always done what the Father asked him to do, even dying on the cross. I mean, look at Matthew 26, starting in verse 38. It says, Then he said to them, My soul is consumed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. What about John eight twenty eight and 29? Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father taught me. I speak these things, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Imagine a dedication in ourself. That would put God at the forefront of our mind at every moment. That we would seek only to do what pleases Him at every moment in our life. You know, I pray for that dedication in myself. The fear of the Lord wasn't at all what I expected when I started researching it. It's almost like saying a fear of doing anything that displeases God. Not the same kind of fear we have for things that hurt us, but more of a sincere regret for doing anything that goes against God and his desires. I find I can relate to that now that I'm older, more mature in my walk with God. I know when I was younger, I tried to do what was right because I feared, I feared the rod, I feared hell. But I know I actually wanted to do wrong. I desired to sin. I wanted to sin, but I was afraid of going to hell if I did. It's kind of like what I felt when I was with my dad. I didn't want to do things that displeased him because I didn't want, I didn't want the belt. Now that I've come to know God more, my relationship has grown with him. I find I don't want to do wrong at all. Not because I fear punishment, because I love God. I truly want to do things that please God. I've always tried to understand this verse in first John four and 18, where it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear because fear involves punishment. The one who fears has not been perfected in love. We love him because he first loved us. You know, now I understand this verse more, not because I fear punishment, but because I love God. I want to prove that love to him because he first loved me. He proved that love by sending his son, Jesus, to die for me, to take that punishment I used to fear. I find a lot of times that when I read the Bible and I hear the words that it has to say that I feel like I understand them, right? that they make sense. But when it finally clicks in my head, I can only relate it to like math. You know, when a teacher gives you a formula and they explain it to you, how it works, you may... You may be even able to use it to some little success. But when that formula finally clicks, when you truly understand how it works, it's almost like a light bulb comes off in your head and you you wonder why you never really got it before. I feel like that sometimes when I read scripture. It's funny how you can read something and you know what it says, but you really don't truly grasp what it means. I know the Bible is the living word of God. And that word will meet us where we're at. It gives encouragement to those who are discouraged. With the lost and the guilty, it gives salvation, redemption. When it comes to the lonely, it gives them family and a father. When it comes to burdened and the tired, it gives them rest. I find that I have fear of the Lord in a way that I didn't understand until it was put into practice. And this realization didn't happen overnight, trust me, but it came with perseverance in seeking the Lord. It's no longer to me just words spoken and, and and read, but a real understanding. It's like to say I've went from reading the textbook on building a house to actually building the house. Putting that knowledge into practice, and with that I did that it came understanding. This kind of understanding can't be had without experiencing it for yourself. I want to end with this one last thought. I never started podcasting to win popularity. Or to be perceived as someone who had some kind of understanding about scripture. Because neither one of those are true. I started podcasting because I felt a responsibility to proclaim the truth. To anyone who is willing to listen. And if you hear that truth, and you hear these words, I pray God speaks to your spirit. He moves you to seek that truth for yourself. And on finding it, share that truth with someone else. Then what started as one person trying to be faithful to the call of God can spread. Truth can be spoken and lives can be changed to the glory of God. Don't ever doubt whatever ministry you have is insignificant. Because the one person you may reach, it may be the next Billy Graham, or someone that has reached thousands upon thousands. It's important to us to remember that we shouldn't compromise the truth but as it says in Jude, to earnestly contend for the faith that we have. It also says in Scripture, let us continue without growing tired and do all the things that Christ has asked us to do. I love you guys. Thanks for joining me once again. Until next time, goodbye.